First off, I want to say thanks to Zenger for not only um, having me on the show this week, but allowing me to inject um, some promotion for the third book in my science fiction space opera series. Uh, I, I really am appreciative of it. Uh, yeah, so if you're not familiar with me, uh, I'm John Justice, and I host uh, My Nerd World, a Star Wars podcast, and uh, Zenger has been kind enough to let me come on his show um, a few times and even interviewed me about my science fiction space opera series. So here's the quick overview with the release of book three in the trilogy. In the future, car culture is replaced with air and space flight, and the world is at relative peace. When a global industrial apocalypse forces a planet-wide evacuation, a reluctant hero and the girl he loves and their ragtag group of pilot friends are the only ones who can stop a corporate madman with his covertly created military from exploiting the disaster. Uh, that kicks off in book one, which leads into book two, Treasure in Darkness, and the just-released... Uh, Embark, The Vanishing War, uh, book three, which wraps up this opening trilogy in the Embark series. Um, the stories themselves are a cross between Star Wars, The Fast and Furious, Say Anything, with a little bit of Ready Player One, with uh, 80s into the 2000s nostalgia thrown in. Um, I write these books for people that love movies because that's what I love. Uh, they're great for all ages, 11 to 100 uh, years old. And, uh, and, and like, I, like I've always said, I, I was really inspired by George Lucas and the worlds that in the universe that he created. I wanted to know what that was like, and that's why I sat down and wrote these stories. So uh, the opening trilogy is now complete, and you can get all three books at uh, Amazon in ebook, paperback, audiobook on the first two books. The audiobook for The Vanishing War will be out um, sometime later in, uh, later in May. So uh, if you've picked up the first books, Fantastic. You definitely want to get the third. Uh, if you haven't yet, you can get all the books at Amazon.com. Search for John Justice and Embark. Or you can go to my website, uh, MyNerdWorld.net, and that'll link you to uh, to Amazon. So uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you, Zinger, for allowing me uh, the opportunity to promote my book. And uh, go out and pick up Embark the Vanishing War, uh, book three. I'm really excited about it, and I uh, I know you're going to love it. So head on over to uh, MyNerdWorld.net. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Hello, everyone, and for the, well, it's more than 200th time, but for the 200th time, welcome to... Zing This. Yes, this is our 200th numbered episode, and we could not think of a better way to do this than, well, reviewing Rise of Skywalker again, but it's not just me reviewing it again. We've got Ellie, who has watched it for the first time. <laughs> she has many questions. She wants to, you know, know some things. So, of course, you got me, Zinger. Ellie is here for, of I'm course, here. her part of the review, but I, I needed someone whose pessimism, whose pessimism and <laughs> cold-heartedness could could come through and save us all. Yes, Zach Weber from um, the co-host of the um, Knights of Vader, or I, I guess reoccurring guest on Knights of Vader. Zach, how's it going? Something like that. Oh, boy, <laughs> folks, glad to be here. And of course. I, I had to bring on somebody who would bring, you know, level out Zach's negativity with some positively. Yes, the host of Positively Star Wars, the author of the Embark series, John Justice. Welcome back to the show, both of you. 
This is really convenient because I just watched The Rise of Skywalker for like the 20th time last night. So so funny enough, I was going to have my introduction to you being the person who has seen Star Wars more times than any of us. But I think you just proved that with that statement. So so yeah, so um, 200th epi- 200 episodes of Zingness. I apologize to all of our listeners. But um, Ellie... Yes. You got to watch Rise of Skywalker for the first time. Yes, I know. I'm a little late to the party. Also, I'm just going to put this in as a side note. Um, if there is any discussion about Endgame, that is not allowed because, once again, <gasps> no. Ellie still has not watched it. I'm so behind, I know. I'm so behind. So Sorry, pa- 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 Palpatine dies at the end. So <laughs> of, of Endgame, yes, of course. Um, so, Ellie, give us your impre- first impressions of the movie. And then I guess we'll move on to us responding either favorably, horribly, or anything in between to you. Oh, I have, I have, wow. a, I have a really, I have a really quick question, Ellie. Oh, go, before go you for start it. the fine. Ellie, how familiar are how familiar are you with with the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi? Like, how many times have you seen those? When was the last time you saw the Last Jedi? Actually, that I was just telling um, Zinger that when we were sitting down to watch the movie. Um, last night for the first time, I have only seen the other ones once. So I was sitting there going, crap, I don't, (laughs) I don't really remember. I mean, I haven't watched them a million times like I have the other ones. Um, and so I, I think that's why I had so many questions and he kept saying, just wait, just wait. We'll talk about it later because I, just didn't remember as much about the last two to really have a good foundation for this one. All right, cool. Yep. All right, I Allie. have a question for Allie. Oh, God. <laughs> Allie, how many times have you read the novelization? The question being how many, not if, but how many. <laughs> the novelization of the movie. Um, none. Okay, oh, good answer, geez. good answer. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh, yeah, I literally just just watched the movie. I haven't. I never looked up anything about it. Like I just, I just sat and watched it last night. And and your your overall yay nay one out of five, I mean one to one to ten. Like like give us give, give us your breakdown. What did it did it close up the Skywalker saga perfectly? Uh, are you looking forward to new stuff? Like like just just give us your impressions, Ellie. Um, well, I'll do a quick, like, one minute, 60, we'll do 60 seconds or so. You don't have to time it. Okay. But um, just in case anybody isn't familiar with, like, my general opinion about everything. Negative? I'm not, ex- <laughs> I am not super picky. I am the, like, queen of loving cheesy sci-fi movies. And, like, I'm not, I'm just super picky about stuff. Um, I mean, I liked it. It was, it was entertaining enough. Um I did not like it. There were parts, but that's with any movie. There were parts that I was just like, huh. Um, I like the fact that, you know, I got to have some Harry Potter in my Star Wars. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. But (laughs) Dustin's face. What? Um, No, it was really cool. I mean, there was some great stuff for, you know, fans of the series overall. Uh, As far as it ended, I mean... I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't want to see it end. Like, that's the Skywalker saga. I don't want to see it end, so I guess that's bittersweet in that aspect. Um, I'm still di- digesting how I feel about her saying her, she was a Skywalker. 
Uh, I think I need to watch it. I think we are digesting that still. (laughs) Um, I I think I need to watch it a few more times. But first impressions, it it was entertaining enough. But I wasn't blown away, if that's what you're wondering. Okay. Yes. Um, So I I, I will turn back to the other side of this table. Uh, Do you guys have any questions off of that response? (laughs) I don't, yeah. Yeah. I... I'm I'm fascinated because I, I know John's going to disagree with me. I think it's fantastic that uh, Zenger blindsided me with John being on the podcast. Um, I feel I, it's funny. Everyone should know that when this recording began, John joined. Uh, Zenger didn't tell me. I'm like, oh, no, it's an intervention. No, no, no. I just jumped through a window. Allow me to explain. John, I love having you on the show. I'm, I'm avoiding Zach just having to be like, oh, well, John mentioned this or John said this. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to have John on so he can just say it instead of having Zach parrot it. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, but no, I guess, like, I've said about The Rise of Skywalker, my opinion is it's it's service. It's not. It's beyond serviceable. It's just sci-fi adventure film. Like, I cannot see it being anybody's favorite Star Wars film. I know I'm going to be contradicted in about a moment after I just said that. Um, but I think it's it's probably the first Star Wars film in a while that I don't want to say is disposable because I don't think that's fair. But it feels just so like everything else. Like, I think as a Star Wars movie, it works because we never had a Star Wars movie that's been a reflection of the culture it's in. And this feels like a film that's more of a reflection of other movies and pop culture of 2019, 2018 than anything else. So I think it works better as a Star Wars movie than just a general overall movie-going experience. Well, and and I wanted to explain my Harry Potter reference. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Oh, John, yeah. give, give, give John a moment to oh, respond right. to Zach. Oh, I'm Zach's. so sorry. Zach's name is Kimberly. Look, I, I, I take a very, you know, and I, and I, I stress this on, on, on my show a lot, you know, I mean, art, you know, art is subjective, and, you know, and we, and we all know that, um, you know, movies are going to, are going to hit people, you know, in different ways for a myriad of different reasons. That, that goes without saying. Um, oddly, I, I really enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker the first time I saw it, but over the course of these many viewings, um, at the moment, it's become my favorite Star Wars film uh, it's, oh, and it, there, you, there you go folks well no and, and it's, it's one of those movies that has it but again it's, it's 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 a very personal thing because suddenly i find myself this movie just has it has struck a tone with me in a way that hasn't that that hadn't been done since the original trilogy um i love the last jedi i think it's a i think it's a it's a it's a masterpiece of a film um but there's something about the Rise of Skywalker from from start to finish, um, the story, the action, um, the the I think the soundtrack, John, I think it's John Williams' best score since The Empire Strikes Back, and it absolutely makes the film. Um, so it's it's tough. I mean, I'm glad I'm on the podcast, and thanks for having me on. But <laughs> you know, I got to be upfront. I'm I'm, de- I'm I'm coming from an angle personally of um, I just I adore this movie, and I seriously I've seen it over twenty times now, and each watch is just as entertaining as the last. I watched it last night. I could finish this up and go watch it right now and from, from beginning to end and, and be just as entertained. So, But again, it's different It's different experiences for everybody. So I guess I should give my updated opinion on it. Um, <laughs> since everyone else is, I'm wa- watching it again at home, not, not having the grandeur of the theater and everything. It's serviceable as a Star Wars movie. It's fine. It's it's not going to ever rank up there as, as my favorites. No offense. Um... But it's it's one of those things to where 
is this the vision I had for how the Skywalker saga would end? No. Am I upset with it? No. Am I going to watch it and enjoy it? Yes. Is it the first thing I'm going to show my daughters and be like, this is Star Wars? No. I will show them the the originals trilogy and be like, this is Star Wars. This other, Here's some prequels. Here's some after stuff. But essentially for me, these three movies are what made me fall in love with it. There's also this movie called Rogue One that made me re-fall in love with it again over and over. But that's a different story. So overall, it's, it is what it is for me now i guess i don't know I'll, I'll change this opinion you know in a month when i'm yelling at zach about something on nuts <laughs> so so ellie i i feel like you've, you've you're not nodding your head to a lot of stuff we've been saying you've 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 well, been sitting over there I mean, the, and, and now it's time for your harry potter thing well the comment about that it's it, every movie is different for different people i mean that's definitely true and you know i've said that so many times there are so so many movies I love that like the majority of the people hate. <laughs> They're called sci-fi original movies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I've always been one where I'm not really a big, um, you know, critic person when it comes to like, oh, I'm not going to see that movie because it got bad reviews. Um, or I'm only going to watch it because it has good reviews. So I, I totally, I totally am on board with that. Um, it's, it's whatever Whatever movies make you feel good for whatever reasons is is fine by me. Um, but the Harry Potter one, I can't help. I just wanted to say this because I just I was I'm, sitting I'm there confused too. Well, I was sitting there watching it, and um, once again, I want to watch it again when I don't have a mind blasting headache. <laughs> but um, I just it was funny because when they're they're in the the sand burrow. And they're like, oh, don't struggle, blah, blah, blah. And then they fall through. I think of, you know, Devil's Snare. And so then when they fall through, what is there? It's underground. And there's a snake-like creature. And a, I know it's a little dagger, not a big sword. But I don't know. It just, it just cracked me up. It just kind of watching this movie, yes, I can definitely see just references and, and, and influences from other stuff over the years um and i feel like they just they wanted to get so much in like when i watched the original trilogy and and i'm biased because i mean that's my trilogy that's what i grew up on obviously um but i just i enjoyed the story and just everything about it it really sucked me in but i felt like this one and the whole the whole last three and as a whole they're they're fun films don't get me wrong i do enjoy them but they're just so concerned about making sure to have all these references and these bigger battles and these high tech stuff you know what i'm trying to say like i just feel like they're more concerned about that stuff than really having a deep like draw you in story if, if that makes any sense um but that's that's kind of why but once again it, it definitely, I mean, the horse buffaloes, because <laughs> they don't look just like horses. Um, horse buffaloes in space was pretty, pretty fun. Um, I just, I felt like we were just watching a story between Ray and Ren the whole time more than, and other little things here and there, but it was just that, I don't know, that, that's why for me sometimes, I don't know if I like the ending, I'm still digesting it. Because it's just, ugh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say Okay, there? okay. I, I got something I need to ask. And okay. I know that it, it's something that's probably eating away at the other two. Tell me your opinion on the kiss. 
Tell, tell, tell us your opinion on the kiss. This is something I need to know for very particular reasons. I thought it was stupid. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, oh, it, is a, it is a house joined against Zach. <laughs> I mean... And John. I, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I know Zach's opinion now, so I have to nail I, it down. I feel like from like the first of this trilogy... We were just constantly getting the get a room reference over here. So I feel like they, they had to do it, you know, just did. Did they? Uh, well, I mean, I, I thought it was ridiculous, but I mean, <laughs> but it is like cool if other people liked it and that's what they, they wanted to see happen to kind of finish up this whole story. It's fine, but I don't know. I, I, I thought it was kind of out of place, but. Okay. Do, do you guys want to defend that real quick? Because I know that there is. I mean, there's there's extra media that has explained that more thoroughly, and I believe both of you guys have good um, arguments for the for in in favor of the kiss. Um, I'm curious what John has to say about it, actually. And then I'll 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 I don't know. I'll follow him up. I'll follow his act up. Well, there's a, there's, there's a couple of things here, and and first off, in 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 uh, in Zanger, this isn't uh, like. I don't feel like like I don't look at it as a position of of having to defend anything because again oh, okay. you know this is all subjective it really and it is I mean and I understand why you said that but like for me it's not a matter of defending it I can tell you why why I liked it um, I do want to add I do want to ask something though have you guys watched the the two hour documentary that's on the on the Blu-ray yet I have not I did see that it came with one because. Ironically, even though we bought it day one, this was the first time we actually opened it to watch it at home because we just hadn't had an opportunity yet. So yeah, is, is I, I literally I have only seen the the movie. I haven't yeah I haven't seen anything anything special or anything like that about it. No, Zach, have you watched it yet? I have, but I think I I yes I watched it, but I don't know how much of it I remember. If you highlight okay. anything specific, I, I I only bring it up because there was a couple things, Ellie, that you said that I thought were really interesting. Because the documentary is really insightful, and I and I actually think that while I really loved the movie before watching it, I have an even deeper appreciation for it now. Just seeing the amount of joy that the that the creators, JJ and Chris Terrio and the actors, had in making this movie, and the reason why they made the decisions that they that they made, it it really for me brought my level of appreciation for the film to even a much higher level because it, it was clear that they wanted to tell a, a very specific story and, and, and they wanted to they wanted to work things out and they wanted to do things very deliberately uh, in order to to craft the, the narrative they wanted to craft. When it, when it comes down to the to the kiss part of it, um, just from the from the standpoint of being a hopeless romantic, um, <laughs> and it's true. I, I I think that they, and I tweeted this out last night. I think that the that the that the the final act of the film is perfect. I love the way it it played out, and I thought it was an incredibly, an incredibly bold move that they were brave enough to take it where they took it. You know, I kind of hat tip to all the Raylos out there before they freaked out over the way that the not all of them, but over the way that the Rise of Skywalker played out. But I had tip to all those individuals that picked up on those cues going all the way back to The Force Awakens because I never really, I saw them, but I never really put a ton of stock into them. It wasn't until The Last Jedi where I, I thought, okay, well, Ryan Johnson certainly saw that it was going this way. Um, I was legitimately surprised that J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio went all in with that um, at the end. And it, it's honestly one of my favorite, it is, it is for me, the most romantic moment in all of star wars 
Um, it's one of my favorite, most personal moments in all of Star Wars. Um, and I and I just I applaud JJ and Chris Terrio for having the the Wavos to actually go and 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 take it and take it there because clearly not everybody agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach. So you're going to jump on that with. Uh... Uh, no, I agree with John. Uh, I was I I know John. It's funny. This is the first time John and I have ever talked about the Rise of Skywalker. I know before the movie again since the movie came out. Oh, um, such, such ingenious work I do. Yes, that, <laughs> I, I, I wish I would have known this. I would have prepared differently. Um, I was expecting more ne- uh, to defend the film against Ellie. I wasn't expecting this. Give it time. Uh, Give it time. Oh uh, no, because I, I agree with John. No, I I remember beforehand because John was reading all the spoilers and I was staying away from them. And I kind of like was telling him I was like, Raylo has to happen, like romantic Raylo, like it it has to, like that's that has to be the resolution based on everything they've been building up, like he said in the Last Jedi. Um, I again I like the kiss still. I think it works. Um, I I share John's sentiment that it's very much the most romantic thing we've ever gotten in Star Wars. Again, Zenger, I know how you like your analogy of throwing chairs at one another. <laughs> um, I, I, I I've never bought the thing the Han and Leia romance being one for the ages. Um, I never bought that. Uh, I, it works in the context of Empire and Jedi. It's more of an afterthought considering that there's a deleted scene of Luke and Leia kissing. Um, but no, I I like. I've always I like the relationship between Ray and uh, Ben in the end of the film. I again all the weird stuff that I even have the novelization in front of me right now. I'm just like like it's they made it weird. Like I know we're not supposed to be talking about like uh, ancillary media. No, no, no we're, like, we have to, we have to because well, Ellie's got wanna, questions that the movie doesn't answer. <laughs> well, I want I want to read the passage from the book right now about the kiss, and, and it goes instead she smiled and whispered Ben she was glad to see him glad to be with him in this moment it was the greatest gift she could have ever given him his heart was full as ray reached for his face let her fingers linger against his cheek and then wonder of wonders she leaned forward and kissed him a kiss of gratitude acknowledgement of their connection celebration that they'd found each other at last and then eventually he goes into the whole thing about the death then she drew back concern on her face she could feel him growing colder and that's the thing is that a, a kiss is inherently romantic Yet the novelization kind of wants to have both, where it's like, oh, it's romantic, but it could be interpreted a different way. And it's like, sure, you can kiss people on the lips all you want. Go try that with random strangers and tell them it's a a kiss of gratitude and see how far that gets you before you get a a, a knuckle sandwich or you're in prison somewhere. And that's, again, there's a lot of weird stuff about this movie. I know John loves it, but my thing is that I like the movie as an oddity, but as a Star Wars or... As an overall movie, like objectively speaking, and I know we've already prefaced this numerous times that you can't be objective with movies, but I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie, objectively speaking, is a mess. But subjectively, as a Star Wars fan, I'm like, I'm on board. It's neat. Uh, so, so in my rewatch of it last night, I did come to a very clear realization I think I've had before. Um, C-3PO is like the most solid thing in that movie. Just in, in, in my opinion. <laughs> I love his look back. Yes, it, that, it just, I was that was funny. Just everything they, they, yeah. the way they utilized him, everything with him I thought was really well mm-hmm. done. It was a great send-off to a character that I don't think everyone like everyone's like, "Oh, Han, Chewie, you know, um Luke and everybody." But it's like no, everyone's always like, "Oh, the droids, the droids." It's like, but 
I, I thought it was a great send-off for him, both well, as, I love the droids. as, yeah. as a character and for the actor, Anthony Daniels and everything, mm-hmm. of, you know, putting him in there and everything. Yep. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there, because that's just something, I was like, just everything C-3PO did in this is just mm, perfect. But that's just my opinion. Going back, going back to the to the novel real quick, um, Do we have I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't particularly care for the novel. And, <gasps> and I know. Well, here's the thing. Here's what bothers me. Um, what bothers me about the novelization of these films, um, of all the films, is that all we're really getting in the novels. I know they have. I know that the 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 the, the, the novels have to pass through the people to get approval, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but all the novels are are a a fan's opinion who knows how to write a novel of a film that they watched or a screenplay that they read. So for the author of The Rise of Skywalker, I don't put a lot of stock into her interpretation of, for example, the kiss scene, um, because that's that, in my opinion, is just her interpretation of what she read in the script or what she saw on the on the screen. I think that the the the, the canon is much wider than that. I think the canon is 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 what you see on the on the you know in the movie and is is open to. A little bit more interpretation and a little bit more ambiguity than what the I think a lot I think a lot of people in my opinion right and that's up to everybody else but I think a lot of people put too much stock in in sort of well the novel says this and I, and I go well no I mean it does but to me I I don't take that as canon just because the novel went went there that's just you know Ray Carson's idea of what that thing she thought it meant it meant to uh, it meant to her and I'll add one more thing real quick because. The Rise of Skywalker carries a very interesting distinction, and I think it's one of the reasons why I love it so much, is that it's the first movie to be directed by the same director other than George Lucas. Hmm. And I really appreciate the fact that I had no expectations going into it except from the standpoint of being that this is the only Star Wars film that was the the only Star Wars film written by an individual with help who directed two Star Wars movies other than George Lucas... I wanted J.J. Abrams to go in and just make a Star Wars movie that he wanted to make based off of what he built in that first film. And that's, to me, what The Rise of Skywalker is. It's J.J. Abrams kind of, all right, they wanted me back. I wasn't going to do it. I want free reign. I want to do what I want to do. And he did it. And I really respect it for that. Sorry, word vomit. Oh, it's it's, it's no problem. (laughs) Uh, I actually agree with you on the novelization. Um, I think it's an interpretation. I think I think yeah you 100% are right it's interpretation. Um, I've only read the the star or audiobook the Star Wars novels that are don't have movies connected to them so far. I'm I'm tempted on doing the Rise of Skywalker just cuz I know Zach probably really wants to do a Knights of Vader episode discussing it <laughs> in in depth and I know how much he would love that but but um I I just I feel like it is an interpretation because it's like you seeing the movie, unless they plain explain something out to you, it's your interpretation as the viewer or as the context that you are given in that scene. So, so yes, that is a very good point, John. Thank you for for, for making it. Um, Ellie, you you, I, I feel like we need to move on with some more of your no, that labyrinthian notes you have there. Oh no, <laughs> no. Well, I just wanted to say, um, there's a couple things that just I loved. Um, First off, I have to give credit to Babu Frick. That Babu little Frick! Thing, so cute. I can't. I cannot with that little creature. Um, I, I 
Well, I liked some of the little, like you were saying earlier, the, you know, the, the little jokes kind of mixed in. I thought in this movie they were better than some of the... I'm going to forget right now because I've seen all of the newer ones maybe once or so twice. The, Remember um, the one we talked about where it was like, I thought it was too many jokes in it? So the the, the phone call, your mama joke from Last Jedi. I just, I know, not necessarily of this saga, the like one-offs. Some of oh, those. Oh, Solo had. They just had, it was just too quippy. Yeah, but so, like, Solo would have been that one. I think this one did a good job of throwing in some fun, cute little dialogues, but it not be too much, like over-exaggerated. Um, I love the festival. It was kind of fun just to see. So there were a lot of parts of it. Uh, the light speed skipping was really fun to see. I love that scene. So it's just a lot of it I really did like. Um, one thing that, and I feel I can kind of say something without being super crucified because I'm a female. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tread lightly, please. I just I just want to say one thing. You can definitely tell this is a a film of this age. Okay. Because I felt like they definitely made a point, and this could be Disney's influence too, because I know Disney's been doing this with some of their live action movies, but um, of the Disney franchise, but. That making sure to throw in a more, let's have more female stormtroopers. Like, let's just make it abundantly clear that there are females now. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, when we were watching the one scene where in the hallway and they were fighting, I felt like it was almost one out of every three. There was, the subtitles would say female stormtrooper, you know, so I feel like they just made it a big point to say, we're trying to be diverse and a quality of women too. They were They women. can get shot too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is really ridiculous when you think about it, right? It's, like, it's all about equality. We're going to kill more women. <laughs> I just, I don't know, that just kind of stood out to me. I just, not that I mind that there are more female stormtroopers, but I felt like they just made it try to make it too obvious that they're adding them and like the scene at the end of the movie with the um two women kissing they made sure to point the screen like right into that and then zoom back out like hey don't miss this we, we have this in here too i i just i felt like it was just trying to make sure to say hey we're in 2020 and this is well 2019 or when did it come out was it this year or last year 2019. okay i was like it's been so long since i've i knew anything about this movie um but that's my only thing it's not that i have anything super against it i just felt like they went out of their way to make sure everyone noticed it but that's with movies nowadays on that's just the way it is checklist filmmaking <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um, but interesting Babu Frick note uh, Babu Frick is the first let me get the wording right it's the first it's animatronic right we call it animatronic because mm -hmm. it's a puppet Yeah. first puppet to be voiced by the individual who controlled it at the time oh. when they filmed it okay so nice. normally they would go and they would do the voice and they would have somebody on set mimicking the voice and then they would dub in the person doing the voice. For Babu Frick, the girl who actually was a girl that did the voice, the woman who did the voice actually did, she actually did the controls for Babu Frick. And I, it, cool. honestly, I think it showed quite a bit in, mm -hmm. the, uh, in the performance itself. I, I, I think hands down I, that 
It's from, so cute. <laughs> from everyone who I've talked to or heard talk about, Babu Frick comes up in this movie oh, yeah. a lot. Is like everyone's like favorite new character, favorite new thing from it. Yeah. So, that, so, that, so that's definitely something. Speaking of new stuff and speaking of reveals, so what did you think of the First Order spy, Ellie? Were, were you shocked? No, good God. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> there was a lot of things in this movie that it wasn't that hard to, you know, figure out that it was coming. <laughs> but yes. Zanger, can we, can we please insert, I, I know you, I know it's a pain to edit, but can we please insert that clip a couple of times? <laughs> I'm the spy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. But, but I, I do have a question, though. Okay. So, okay, first first Ellie question. Yes, okay. Or third. I don't know where we're at right now. So when he seemingly gives the rest of his life force to Ray, so that okay, she... Okay, so, so wait, we're talking about Ben, not... Y- yeah, not, sorry, Ben, okay. yes. I was making um, sure we weren't talking about Hux. <laughs> ben. So when Ben, um, you know, gives his... Basically gives his life force to her... It, is that implying? Because I really, I'm asking. Really, I'm not. I don't read a lot of the extra stuff. Is that implying that he is like within her? Now? He's a part of her now since they whole make the big deal about the dyad and the force and two is one. Are they trying to say, or did he just kind of just go into the force and that was it? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna put a thing real quick, Zach. You can't answer first because I know what you're gonna try to say. <laughs> so, John, go ahead. Um, you know, I, th- I, I think first off, it's one of those scenes where again, I, I, where it's one of those scenes where it's open to sort of, you know, interpretation. Um, I didn't take it as that. Uh, I didn't take it that it was, I took it obviously as him giving her what he, what remained of his life right. force to right. save her. The connection to me was the connection that he had with, with Leia and his transforming into the force. And that's only coming from sort of the, in the absence of having an example of that taking place in film or form of canon, we never, we don't, I, I don't think we've seen that happen in any other writing or, or movie. I mean, she, she gives her some of her force essence um, to the, to the serpent, but that's just to heal him, you know, and that's obviously a setup to what happens later in the film. We see the child and the Mandalorian does the same thing. So, because that's the only way we've seen that particular power utilized, mm-hmm. um, I took it to mean, no, he basically sacrificed what he had left of himself to save her, transformed, and then was able to transform into the Force, okay. partly because of okay. the connection that he had with Leia and her sacrificing herself. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right, okay. I was just curious what other, uh, other people thought. No, hold I, on. We've we, we got to give Zach his moment. All right, <clears throat> this is what the book says, and then I'll, I'll, I know we've already discredited the book, but I'm going to keep referencing it, because I have it in front of me. Also, um, I, I just like how, how I, he, he actually isn't on webcam, but I assume every time he just holds up the book slowly beside him. <laughs> I much, wish I could say you were wrong. Much <laughs> as I do on Knights of Vader every time oh John Justice goodness. is mentioned, and I hold up my copy of Embark. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay this is what the book says ray stood over the place ben had fallen staring down at his empty tunic tears streamed down her face he had sacrificed everything for her she did not mourn kylo ren she would never mourn kylo ren but she dearly would have loved the chance to get to know ben solo it felt like half of her was missing and she was supposed and she was supposed it was 
the girl who had felt alone for all those years on Jakku had been part of a dyad the whole time. And just when she discovered that precious connection, that incredible oneness, it was ripped away. A voice came to her through the force, clear and strong. I will always be with you, Ben said. She smiled. Let the truth of it wash over her. No one's ever really gone, she whispered. She retrieved her lightsabers and sprinted from the ruined cathedral. That's... That's the books thing. I like that. I would have infinitely preferred that we would have gotten that in the film. Um, I think that would have definitely quelled a very certain portion of the fan base. And I would imagine John probably would agree with me if we got that. It probably would have calmed a lot of people down. You think? Um, yeah. <laughs> would, and again, I, again, I don't know why we couldn't have that. Um, my theory back when the movie came out, and this is still just a theory, but I think it's going to happen. I think considering the way he places his hand over her abdomen, I wouldn't be surprised when we get episode 10 in 10 to 15 years from now that Ray is – has has his children uh very similarly to what happened with shimmy skywalker we don't know how shimmy became pregnant with anakin and i could see this is this being their way of creating hype for episode 10 of tying it back into the very beginning of the prequels being like well this is how it all got started it, it was an act of selflessness that created this divine power in the force and this is how you keep upping the ante with force users so, um so, so, zach do you interpret that as do you interpret that as he he, there's a part of him in her, or do you interpret that more as he's just speaking to her through the Force as Obi-Wan did to to Luke, or, in, you know, in the on, you know what I mean? In the context of exclusively looking at the book passage, it's it's meant to be Force Ghost. It's meant to be the equivalent of, of when Luke shoots the controls okay. on the Death Star, and it's run, Luke, run. I, I think it's meant, it's meant to be that. My Again, my assertion is it's going to be some level of pregnancy for episode 10 at some point, but that's, that's my conjecture. And that's why I had Zach go second. <laughs> cause I knew that's uh, where we were going to go with it. And I, and I was just like, well, I'm going to let John go first. Cause I don't think he has the same crazy theories that Zach does. Yeah. But are they really, uh, okay. So I'm just asking as well. Um, are they going the route of doing like continuing on? I thought this was like no. This was the complete, and then no. they would do other stories. It's, like it's no, complete, but when everything else it's fails for now, when everything else fails, they have to come back to this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. When when when, when episode when all <laughs> the other what the hell's gonna happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but no, I mean, I I i personally to to be the contradiction to zach hope that they go on a different path and abandon it like i wouldn't mind seeing more from these new characters yeah but i would like to see like, i don't want it other to be labeled episode 10 though yeah i would like yeah. it to be its own yes yeah. it's, it's its own thing yeah no i, I understand that so do so do you have anything else you want me to start hit, hitting you with a few things that the internet has been bonkers over well i mean can we can we go and so I have two other things, just okay. stupid questions probably, but so can we touch on Palpatine doing the nasty? Like I don't understand how that happens. <laughs> can some like how does he have a granddaughter? Like can someone touch on that? Uh, do you want us to touch on it with like how the book has interpreted it, how people have interpreted it, or how we interpret it? Because there's, well, I think five different. Right. I mean, I'll take, I'll Zach, take anything. And, and by the way, I'm gonna skip ahead real quick. Zach's gonna read a passage from the book, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying, is this something that's left up to interpretation with the fans, or was this actually somewhere in writing somewhere of how that happened? Oh, you didn't remember that one Please. scene in the movie? 
Right. Yeah. Mm, I must exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, p- teacher, please call on me. I am ever so smart. <laughs> please All right. Go, please All right. Go. I, I, I have been been um, railroading you to make John go first. So. <laughs> All right. Let, let me let me just drink this this entire bottle of whiskey as Zach does this. Go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. Before I answer ellie's question i want to preface it with a question to john is that this is the this is the part where john's philosophy of oh the book is simply one author's (laughs) interpretation of the book because the book makes a very specific claim that that son is a clone Right. And it's like, oh, that's not as much fun as imagining Monster Mash getting it on. Like, that's <laughs> not fun. Like, I like the idea of Monster Mash doing the the, the swizzle. It's like, come on. Um, and then, like, the book ruins it, and it's like, oh, he had one clone that turned out normal for some reason. <laughs> and it's like, 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 this is stupid. It's like, this isn't fun. This is just like Palpatine was, like, doing, like, the law of averages. And it's like, he's like, what, a thousand monkeys, give them typewriters, eventually one creates Shakespeare. You get one that's normal and creates a child that's the dyad of the Force. Um, I, 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 that's where I agree with John. I think some of it's wonky. Um, I think that's why they have the books. Um is that they like to try things out and be like, oh, let's just test this out and see if anyone right. likes it. And it's like, oh, Palpatine's a clone, and he sat there, had a, a bunch of pickled Snokes, and they were all like, Palpatine had multiple versions of himself, but because he didn't get to his body in time when he was being thrown down the Endor, or the, the Death Star 2 chasm, it didn't work. And it's like, ugh. It's like, no, like don't explain it. Just keep it like he, he's an evil space wizard. We don't need any more detail than that. Right, and I actually and I actually agree with Zach. And look, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I play my own canon games with all of this just to have it meet whatever criteria I want it to meet in my head. So, like for example, going back to the novelization version of the Kiss, and Zach, what you read was it was very there was a lot of ambiguity there, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't clearly defined, and I think she did that intentionally. And that's where my that's where I look at it and go, okay, they didn't want to marry you know anything in that particular moment. So Ray Carson gave a version that you can kind of go either way with. Um, but no, I completely agree with you. That's the book is canon. So if the book is saying that that the that the son was a clone, then the book is saying the son was a clone, and I'm with you. I would have rather had it been left more open. You know, I I, I don't need I, I don't need that explained to me. You know, I, I didn't. It, it's not necessary for me to enjoy the enjoy the films any more than when we saw the original trilogy and we didn't know who the hell. You know, Palpatine even was when we got to Return of the Jedi. He was just a dude that was old and crinkly and worse than Vader, <laughs> apparently. You know what I mean? I I still would would like the the um the robot chicken sketches of Palpatine on dates and stuff, where he's like, oh, you know, God. I'm the Emperor and everything. <laughs> oh yes, use the Force. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was really creeped out by that. Thank right you. now, that's why there was that awkward silence. I, I know. Yes. I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> okay. I'm and proud look, I caused that. Look at it this way, though. I mean, as a person that goes to Walmart, people that shop at Walmart also have children. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, I never really understood this idea that Palpatine, you know what I mean? He's a powerful dude, for crying out loud. I mean, there are women that write letters and want to marry serial killers in prison. I'm sure there is some freak, oh. some woman flying a freak flag out in the galaxy far, far away, more than happy to to get it on with him. Zach's are oh. excited, so... Um, <laughs> I know, oh, I was like, oh, oh no. 
Oh, there, it's weird. Like, and then I, I don't know why I keep going back to the novelizations because he's I guess holding I it up way. again. I'm holding it up again, but no, there's some really weird stuff. There, like people are like weirdly turned on by Palpatine. Like at one point, Ugh. when like they're talking about uh, General Pride, so, like communing with him, like through like it's really weird. The book. Okay, this is another question. This is a question for everybody here. Um, when General Pr- or when Palpatine is contacting Kylo Ren in General Pride. How is it that he's contacting them? Through the Force? John, how are you going to answer that? When Palpatine's contacting General Pride? And and Kylo Ren. So Kylo Ren was through the Force. General Pride was through a, uh, through a hologram. Because, oh, that's the thing, is that I don't... But, like, when we see them, like, they make a point. I think it's in the General Pride thing. I could be wrong. But, like, Palpatine, like, it's using even more of his, like, vials of Clone Wars goo because that takes more energy of him. Like, they, 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 that's another element that's really weird in this, but that's, didn't want, didn't want to get with that. But um, in the book, when they talk about the part where General Pride is talking to the Emperor, he's, like, really strangely turned on by it. Like, it's, like, like there's almost, it's, there's almost, like, a sexual undertone to it like finally he was laying his eyes upon his majestic master and it's like this is really strange to be using this sort of alliteration in this part of the book um john being you being an author it's weird to have those sort of just like odd flourishes out of nowhere um i think it's interesting i love it i wish we would have had that in the movie <laughs> um but like even in the part where like a uh, ray meets palpatine there's even a the part where she's like it goes there. Uh, my grandchild has come home. He added triumphantly. He radi- radiated evil, but her feet twitched toward him. She could not look away. There was something oddly compelling about him. And I'm like, I love it. I'm like, I'm like, keep doing this. I'm like, make Palpatine out to be like just this weird sort of like he has like this magnetism. And like that's the sort of stuff that like I wish they would have gone for instead of explaining Ray's parents as in like, oh, she had normal parents. But her father had the weird, like, lineage. I'm like, no, just make Palpatine this really weird person that just could do anything if he could set his mind to it, no matter how, like, perverse it might have been. And that's why I preferred, like, it's, I want, I love Palpatine. I think Zenger and I both say that this is the closest we're ever going to get to canon uh, Seth MacFarlane Palpatine, because this is essentially what it is in a way, right, Zenger? It, it, it is. Also, I would like to say, after reading Lords of the Sith, that also is vaguely borderline, um... Seth MacFarlane Palpatine at times, too. Was that the one Mm. you were telling me about the other day? Yes. Don't get into it right now. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. No problem. But yes, um, (laughs) but yes, he he is comically just evil for evil's sake and just does stuff because he's, it's like, because I'm evil. Like, that that is seriously his response at one time to doing something was he's basically like, because I'm evil. Why not? But yes, I, I, I would prefer, like, just the weird... I don't know, I feel like that... It's stuff I wanted in this movie that, that apparently is in the book. I would have loved to have this weird, like, Palpatine is just that powerful that everyone's just drawn to him. Well, but that, but that makes sense, though, right? I it, mean, it does. The, we, like, Zach, the passage you read with... with it was... It was um, you were talking about uh, Allegiant General Pride, right? Yeah. Uh... uh no, that was that was Ray meeting Palpatine for the first time. I'm no, trying, okay. I'm trying to find it. John, okay, you know the movie Inside Out and Backwards. You can help me instead of having to go through like a hundred pages. At what point in the film does General Pride talk to the Emperor? Like, what scene is that it's after right, or before? It's right before. It's right after Kylo Ren and Ray have the lightsaber duel. Before she goes to Oct- to Octo, 
before Octo. She, ta- she talks to General Pride, and uh, he does, and then Palpatine tells him to send the Star Destroyer out to blow up a planet. Okay. So it's before Octo, okay. Yeah, it's before, yeah, it's before, yeah. Yeah, it's either right before they get to Kef Beer or it's right after they leave Kef Beer. It's one or the other. Okay. I, look, I mean, when it comes to, like, that makes sense to me because we all are drawn to Palpatine. I mean, the, he's, he's evil. He's, yeah, but, but I mean, but look, I mean, we're not drawn to him in, like, that way, right? But <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh. <laughs> he obviously is the commanding presence. I mean, he was from the get-go. He was going back to the... I mean, if you, if you go chronologically, you go back to the prequel trilogy. I mean, he's commanding legions of individuals. He's he's a commanding presence. And, and Ian McDermott, the actor and that character, I, for me personally, it, I mean, any time that Palpatine is on the screen, he's hard to look away from. I mean, he's just such a compelling character. So, again, sort of doubling back to the clone and the son and the people having a hard time of him being with somebody, I never understood what that... I was like, well... You've got men, legions of men and powerful individuals that are following this guy. It makes sense. We all are interested in seeing him on screen, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it would make sense that there would somebody would be attracted to him. I'm back to that again. I have no... So, as Zach continues to flip through the book, Ellie, you got... I found it. I did find it. Oh, darn. All right, was go ahead. Right? <laughs> this, was that this right? Is, uh, uh, yeah, it's, um... yeah. Yeah, it's um it, actually the book has it happening right after the Ben, the Ben Solo Han Solo sequence. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah. This is it. Okay, uh, Legion General Pride talks to the Emperor, um, but it was enough. Send the ship to the world they know. Palpatine said, "Let it burn." The final order begins. She will come. Her friends will follow. As his master grinned, a slow centipede crawl across his mouth. Allegiant General Pride shivered in near ecstasy. Yes, my lord. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, I want that. I want like, like that's the sort of just like weird stuff I want in Star Wars. Like, I love the idea of like these like old time like first order generals being just like, oh, Palpatine's back. Like, it's just I think even like you know Zenger like I referenced it a million times before the Rise of Skywalker came out, uh, chapter thirty five of Aftermath Empire's End, mm-hmm. where like you have like the one character I think Yutashu being like Palpatine will be reborn, like that really just like like sycophancy. I'm like I love it. Like that's like if you are going to do fan service, make the characters worship just the weirdest things. Like like make Palp again. Palpatine has a cult, but like play into the fact that like they worship Palpatine. Like. Go for it. Don't just make that like a weird thing, like in the corner, like in a couple of scenes. I'm 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 all for that. Like, like I said, I'm not going to keep talking about uh, Lords of the Sith, but yes, they. Oh my god, Zach, read the book again. We need to do an episode on it for Nights of Vader. Because <laughs> does like, that book? Does, okay, I'm going to be very cryptic. Does that book still end the way I think it? I haven't read oh, it for yeah. five years. It, we re, remember when I said Palpatine's evil just to be evil. Okay, let me rephrase this. I'm going to do it as cryptically as possible. Does Palpat does the book end with Palpatine being like, "Well, Vader, you did one thing for one thing." Yes, but yes, now it does. You got yes, to make, you gotta yes, make does. up for it. It, okay. it. it does with with him being like, "Well, remember how you did that? Well, now you gotta reap what you sowed." Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, the, that's the only thing I remember about that book. And, and, I, remember, and, I remember just laughing at the end, like really hard. Yeah, and, and basically Palpatine sitting there just evilly cackling for. I mean, clearly they should have hired you to do the audiobook. 
why because i i just loved it so no no that actually i will say this um the person who does the audiobook for lords of the sith does an amazing job oh i so. know i was just picking on you because you like to make the um you make the voices all the time yeah thank you <laughs> awesome uh, it's it's not like that's all i do on knights of vader these days oh gosh so um ellie do you got any other things that that you'd like to bring up or 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 does anyone else want to ask ellie anything about her opinions on the oh, movie oh gosh no um, no, the only other thing, the, when they... Hold on, wait, I, actually, actually, but I know what you're about to say, and before we get there, what did you think of the Knights of Ren? <laughs> um, well, you kind of ruined it for me, because... <laughs> I couldn't help it, okay, I'm sorry. the first time they come on the screen, you... And does that spinning shot, and well, it's and like, you... oh, they look so cool, and I'm like, yeah, that's all they're gonna do. That's really all they did the whole time, so yeah, I kept, like, it just was funny every time you saw them, it kind of took away from the menacing, um, <laughs> feeling that you're supposed to get from them. Um, yeah, I would have liked to seen them be a little bit more, like, crazy and off the top, but... It's almost like the Knights of Ren in the movie, they do so little that I can't get annoyed that they don't do anything. You know, like, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I love, I mean, obviously I've said I love the film, but I'll be the first to admit, I just kind of go, I was like, why? I mean, I mean, and that's the kind of thing I will question and go, you could have, you could have made the Knights of Ren being the individuals going door to door on Kajimi. Yes. Right. Y- yanking people out. Like you could have given them Something like that. I thought that's if I was going to complain about anything, it would probably be that. I just thought it was so weird because JJ went out of his way to establish like the boy band on the Rocky Plateau shot, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the camera behind. Uh oh, they're seeing Chewie. They're going to get him, but you don't see him actually get. You could have had him. You could have had Chewie like hit a couple of them and then have him take him down to show how powerful they were. I thought that was all very a very odd choice that wouldn't have taken up much time to add another thirty seconds here or there of them to give them something other than being fodder for when we see Ben Solo. So yeah, give them more substance. <laughs> so here's yeah. my thing, and I've made this argument before that if you take all of their scenes and just replace it with normal stormtroopers. And then at the end, have him fight like the royal guards instead. Like there, there, there's a net loss of nothing because they're they're just set dressing most of the time. They're just like this. Like you, you keep hearing, oh, the knights of Ren, the knights of Ren. They do nothing throughout the entire movie. And on the reverse, of that if they just added a little bit, like them taking, like mm-hmm. them capturing Chewie, or like them, that that is actually a great idea of them going door to door. Or just having them just show them fighting on on, on Mustafar. Uh, really quick, Ellie, the plant that shows at the beginning, that's mm-hmm. Mustafar. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, because it doesn't say that, but that's something one in the book and two that Zach makes sure to point out every five seconds if he can. <laughs> okay. I didn't even know that until I got the visual dictionary. I'm like, wait, where's the... I was looking at the, through like the table of contents, and I'm like, Mustafar, where'd that happen? It's like, oh, the movie begins there. It's like, go figure. If only the movie communicated these things to me. It would have been cool at the bottom of the screen to have, like, Planet Mustafar or something. So you're like, wait, well, why is he at Mustafar? It's almost like pre-established rules, you know? Like, they didn't do it in, like, well, we haven't done it in the other movies other than Rogue One, mm. so we can't really do it in, in, in this one. The only thing, getting back to the, to the Knights of Ren just briefly, <laughs> like, when I get, like, when I start to get annoyed about them not being used, I, 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 I stop getting annoyed when I go and I think about Boba Fett. Like, Boba Fett ended up becoming arguably one of the most 
beloved characters in Star Wars, and the guy never did Jack. I I, I want to disagree with that. I, I would like, I know this is not a Boba Fett conversation, but people say that, and I've seen that a lot online now. There's this weird sort of just like pushback to Boba Fett, and I want to disagree. The reason why Boba Fett resonates in the culture, or at least why he resonated between Empire and Jedi, I, like first we have to just admit it's the coolest costume ever. Sure. Like it is eh. the definition of the cool. They made a whole TV show about it last sure. year. Okay, no, 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 no. Mando's costume is better than than Boba Fett. Boba uh, Fett just would, just looks like you he slapped a ton of stuff on you it. You wouldn't get Mandalorian without right. Boba Fett. I don't like, disagree, but, but and, Mando's and, is better. Mando's is better. Prove me wrong, fine. internet. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not going to argue with that. Um, the, but the second reason why. Anyways, I, next yeah, week on Knights. I was going to say he does not want to go into a Mandalorian con- conversation right now. But also next week on Knights of Vader, <laughs> that's the topic. Yeah. Thanks. Anyways. <laughs> no, but the reason why Boba Fett resonates as a character in Star Wars is that he captured Han Solo. Like, if it wasn't for Boba Fett, like, think about it. like Han Solo was again along with Luke, Leia, and, and the other characters. Han Solo was this larger than life character in the late seventies. So, like, you get to Empire and you think of Han Solo as just this like fantastic space like badass. And then you see Empire, and of course, the entire theme of Empire is everything going to hell. And think about who is able to bring Han Solo to his knees. The guy who can literally get out of any problem, can talk his way, fly his way, shoot his way out of any problem, is brought to his knees by this man with no name, Space Cowboy. And it's like, it's this guy who looks the coolest thing ever. Yes, George Lucas eventually hated that so much that he killed him in the worst like way possible. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's, again, and again, John's entitled to his opinion, I'm not saying john can't think boba fett's overrated but that's but that's the reason why i think boba fett resonate resonates so much no i i actually i actually think that's a really good point i think it's happening on a very subconscious level because if you do i think you're right you make a great point and if and i could see that that would be on a subconscious level why the character resonated with so many people he did look awesome there's no doubt about that i mean from the moment that figure was revealed before we knew anything about the Empire Strikes Back when I was a well that's for me when I was a kid. But I remember seeing that action figure and it was one of the first images we would see from the next Star Wars movie. It was like, oh my gosh, he looks amazing. Um you're right, but still if you're just if we were just talking about screen presence and action, Boba Fett doesn't do anything more than the Knights of Ren do. Even in capturing solo, he's just there. He's just no, there he- in the room. When but, you, when you walk in to do the dinner scene in in, in the Cloud City, he's, but, just, he's just standing there. But but he's the one that finds them on the sure, back sure, of the right. Star Destroyer. Sure. No, I'll give that to you. I'll give it to you. And, yeah. that's, and I think that's why. But I think okay. But I want to just bring this back to Knights of Ren. Like I like that's the weird thing about me in this movie. Like obj- like I agree with you guys. Like like I kind of agree and disagree. Is that like Knights of Ren have. They haven't been built up. They've just been mentioned twice. Like they're like they don't have no they have no importance because they're just they're set dressing. And that's why when people were like so excited, like when all those like first images were released like last summer, and I'm like, folks, like don't get excited. Like that's all they're gonna do. They're gonna be something fun to look at. They're set dressing. And then I love the fact in this movie they're just wiped out. In, like they have no role in the movie. They're just there because. Like Ellie said, checklist filmmaking. And then the very <laughs> moment that they have no purpose, like we're going to kill them immediately and give them the most unsatisfying deaths possible. And I'm like, great. I'm like, that's that's the sort of just like the JJ filmmaker that I love where it's like, you know what? It has no p- importance. I'm just going to throw it out the window now. <laughs> and I love that. I love that they die in the worst way possible. I am delighted by that to no end. All right. So Ellie, I, but before I rudely interrupted you to talk oh, no, more, ab- to talk more about characters, 
we talked more about the characters than they had screen time. So, Ellie, go ahead with with what you're about to say. Because I I, I saw it, once again, audio medium, but Ellie doing a visual thing. (laughs) I know, we're bad about that. Um, No, my my only other question is, uh, and once again, I'm not as well-read as Zach is with referencing the book every five seconds. But... um, straight. (laughs) The... um, the force that they where they can pass things to each other, um, Ray and and Ren slash Ben, is that ben, ben. is that just because they are a dyad in the force or I don't remember ever seeing that anywhere else. So I was just because you didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. No. Is that can can what? other people do? Can other oh, people wait. learn to do that? Can they do no, that? No, Zach's gonna point out something. I just realized. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, is that, like, the idea of handing, like, something physical, I think it's just an extension. It's, like, anything they learn. Like, it's, like, in that moment, they realize they could do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is stuff, like, in The Last Jedi, where, like, she's outside, like, on Octo as it's raining. And he, like, they have their force bond bridge. And, like, he sees, like, the water, like, on his glove. And he's like, oh, so, like, the idea that things can traverse this connection, like, physically... Um, and it go, and it's even further defined in the uh, the the duel they have between Kajimi and on the Star Destroyer, where like sh- she'll sit there, knock something down, and the or I'm sorry, Kylo Ren like knocks what the the basket full of something, and it spreads out all over the floor of the Star Destroyer. Right, but I'm then, saying, is it just them that can do it because they're a dyad in the Force, or can other Force users do it with other Force users? Is it only just because they're a dyad, or is can can it be transferred between any Force users? I think it's meant to be something exclusive. Again, I could be wrong, but as of now, I'm pretty sure it's exclusive to the Dyad. John, you, you got an opinion on this one? No, I agree with Zach on that. Okay. Yeah. I I agree with Zach, too. Oh, that felt I just didn't know if that was something that maybe could be, like, evolution... Later on, other people learn to do it. You think it's just because of that, or if it's something they can maybe learn later on? Well, the the, the dyad was was uh, in the documentary. I didn't know this, and I actually, again, sort of deepening the appreciation of the film. Um, Chris Terrio was talking about this, and and again, if you I mean if you guys are interested at all, definitely check out that documentary. I will. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot better than the one that was on the four. It's almost as good as the one the the director and the Jedi from the Last Jedi. Um, in terms of giving background, I've got a lot of respect for Chris Terrio because he, you can tell he really, really wanted to do a good job with this movie. Uh, but the dyad was part of, a, you know, that Joseph Campbell mythology. I didn't know that. So hmm. uh, I'm wondering if that was something that, you know, we know that George Lucas had some conversations with J.J. before they started on the movie. I'm wondering if that's something that George Lucas gave to them, you know, and okay. said, hey, there is a concept here of this dyad. Um, and when I found that out, that that was actually from Joseph Campbell, um, it really sort of, it brought it to all, I already liked it, but I was like, oh man, that's legit. I mean, that legitimized it for me in, in, in my view. Yeah. Cause I, that's one of the things I, I thought that was really neat. I did yeah, like that. Cool. Yeah. That aspect of it. So it was really cool. So, um, I guess the final, I, I, do, do you guys have anything else before we wrap up? Because there's, there's, there's a final question I want to ask. No, I just wanted to say one thing when it comes to ancillary characters and just how Star Wars resonates in weird ways. Mm-hmm. I ad- I adore Zori Bliss. I think that she is. I think that character. I would I would take a live action TV show of Zori Bliss over Obi Wan Kenobi. 
I loved that character so much. For the little scream time that she had, I thought that Carrie Russell, what she was able to do through that, through that, uh, through her costume. I know it's weird because she's not; she's hardly in the movie at all. But the scenes with her, I just thought that she, whenever she showed up on screen, she elevated the movie. And I just dig that about Star Wars. And you can get a character like that that has virtually no bearing on the larger story for the most part, and yet, you know, sometimes it can just it can just it can just grab certain people. And she did for me. Zach. Um, again, I'm not sure how much John has read the... John, did you read the novelization? Yeah, I, I didn't, yeah I, I'm telling you, it was really kind of word vomity. There's a lot of Zori Bliss. There's a whole, yeah, like, stuff. Right. Sub- oh, I dig that, but I just, did, I just didn't care for, 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 uh, for the author's writings. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciated the stuff in the book. No, one thing I just... Okay, this is the part where it's probably a little too philosophical, or... Like, this is what John was saying, so, like... I like part of I I love this movie in that it, like I, I disagree with John. This feels like a movie where nobody cared. Um, more like more like on a screenwriting level. Like I know like I watched the documentary. I remember hardly any of it, but I remember there's a part where like oh, when John Williams is ca- a cameo scene, we made every prop something from one of the movies he scored, and I'm like you you could have. Couldn't you have put just as much effort into the story? Like you couldn't, you could, you, you couldn't have tried just as hard on something that wouldn't have required hours of man labor. And I'm like, that's nice. Like I'm glad you're giving John Williams like all these like props that like we can't even see in the screen. I would imagine. And I imagine if you asked him what all these mean, he couldn't tell you. But I'm glad that you did all this for some misplaced sense of honoring him. But again, cool. Like, like idea. I love it. Execution, like, D-. minus. But, like, the thing that kind of makes me frustrated with The Rise of Skywalker is that it's, like, like the ending minus the kiss in Ray and Ben, like, just frustrates me because it just feels so just ho-hum. Like, very boilerplate where it's like, oh, Palpatine is defeated because Ray just deflects the lightning back toward him. And I know we've all seen the meme, well, maybe Ellie hasn't, where it's like, oh, <laughs> if only Palpatine had two lightsabers in Revenge of the Sith instead of one, this mm-hmm. all would have been over. Um, and I know, like, I, I know John's probably seen it when it comes to Raylo Twitter, where it's a thing of, like, they do the juxtaposition of side-by-side of Luke throwing the lightsaber away when he's confronting Palpatine, and then you have Ray grabbing the other lightsaber, being like, oh, oh. Chris Terrio and J.J. Broke the, broke the myth of Star Wars. And I'm like... Yeah, because it becomes a thing of just power. And like and I get it. She's reflecting his evilness right back at him and that's what destroys him. Like I get that. But it's the notion of the Palpatine is bested by his underestimation of love. And I think even Ellie could see that's like of something that Harry Potter took from. Like obviously I know I think there's one what one line in Order of the Phoenix between Voldemort and Harry where it's where they're having like that back and forth in the um the Ministry of Magic. And mm-hmm. I again you guys probably can quote the di- line of dialogue better than I can. Um but that's the thing though is that like I would have preferred like obviously I would have loved to have had Ray and Ben. Like at, at that point you see her struggling and like she's like she has the one lightsaber and then he's right there with the second like a second lightsaber ignites and it's him and instead of her saying i am all the jedi i would have preferred that instead of that we literally have a moment where the two of them like look at each other have like that eye contact and then behind them we see all the jedi again i know zenger and i made a made fun of force ghost parade in the lead up to the rise <laughs> of skywalker but you see all these jedi you see all of them you see all these different eras of jedi is force ghosts they don't say anything they're almost like imagine like the sergeant pepper's um like album cover it's almost that like they're all there again show not tell 
But I think in a world, and again, it kills me that I can't reference Avengers Endgame. And I know John <laughs> Zenger and the audience at home know where I'm getting at with this, though. But the fact that she says, I am all the Jedi. And it's like, God, please, please stop. Make it stop. This is, this is, this is, we're, we're pandering to a very specific component of the Marvel audience. It's like, no, no, Star Wars does not need to do this. Star Wars is above this. Um, and, that, and that's where I completely disagree. And I'll just be real quick. I bet. I completely disagree because Palpatine has always been vocal and over the top in the middle of those battles and exchanges. He's always just egging on the other person. I am the Senate. Yes. I mean, in all of them, the whole Yoda stuff and Revenge of the Sith, every single time he's engaged, he's over the top, grandiose, just barking out words. (laughs) It made all the sense in the world to me that when facing his granddaughter, that she would go and fire back in the same way. And Zach, I'm going to make one quick little note. Okay. It wasn't like you said it was. It was, and I am, and she paused, and she waited for the lightsaber to come and land in her hand. Sure. And put up and delivered the line. It made a, that's a huge, that's a pivotal moment to me in the way that that is done. And to me, it was, it was a genuine almost mirror reflection of the two of them and definitely showing how they have a relation there because she's now, you know, sort of doing the same thing that Palpatine would would do. But I see your point. Oh yeah, again, it's a matter of pre- at the end of the day, it's always a matter of preference. Right. But I, um, um, but yeah, that I, I do not like that. Again, I, I agree with Zenger. Like, and I think even John hints at it a lot on my nerd world. The idea that like, like the space battle. Um, like that ending, that ending just feels weirdly rushed. Like just one thing too, not to go back to my favorite piece of literature that I'm holding in front of my face right now. <laughs> but like even, but like even like oh like John gosh. mentions the space battle, and he's like, and it's like there's a moment that I was expecting in the Rise of Skywalker where we'd have like all these different people like have call signs to be like so and so standing by, and the book has that. Like we have characters from different eras of Star Wars, like from Resistance, from like. Like, there's a bunch of them, actually. I was kind of surprised. And, like, there's even a moment where, like, characters from Resistance are referenced. And I'm like, wow, like, wouldn't that have been cool if we could hear the voice actors? Or just, and I know I'm the person that's, like, like uh, that doesn't like the fan service. But that's where fan service is, like, like, it makes sense. Like, if you're having everybody come out of the woodwork to help in this final grandiose battle, it makes sense to have everybody there. And like, I, and to this day, I'm shocked that we didn't get the Mandalorian be like, Razor's Crest standing by. Like, I'm shocked they didn't just put that in. Considering that all you have to do is put, like, like they did to Adam Driver, just put him, like, in a shower stall with, like, an <laughs> iPhone mic. Um, I just don't know why they didn't do that. Like, I just, I don't get it. It seemed like such, like, slam dunk fan service. Um, that's a weird thing about this movie too. Is that it lacks fan service in ways that you would think. Um, like Ellie said, I think there's like there's like they're trying to plug in all these familiar elements. I'm shocked that we didn't go to Batu in this. I'm surprised that one of the planets we didn't see where they're blowing up a first order star destroyer wasn't over Batu. Like shocked they didn't do that. And that's the sort of stuff that I'm like 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 that's. It would, I would rather have seen Batu instead of Bespin or Endor. I would have rather seen those be like, oh look, there's a planet. Yes, it's a. Oh, God, uh, just, God, it's more than just, like, sheer, just, like, product placement, but it would make sense to the story, because Batu has shown up in a bunch of other media, and that's just the thing, like, this movie, it, it, it works, and it doesn't work at the same time, like, everything it, it attempts to do, it does so well, and then there's other things where it's like, oh, you could have done this and made this more satisfying, 
And that's where I disagree overall. Again, I still I I love it as a, as a film. I love it as a Star Wars movie. But um, as an objective piece of cinema, it's like, oh, Disney, give give me like a hundred million dollars, and I could have I could with the exact same script, and I think I could have done a better movie. And that's not for like narcissism or anything. I just think that there was there was ways to enhance this that they just missed. Off my soapbox, like John said. <laughs> so, Ellie, my, my my final thing I want to bring up, and I know that this isn't, I know that this is has to be handled delicately. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. What? How she went out? Well, that just just her the the. I under I understand. And I've said this before. I think on another podcast or somewhere. I understand the limitations they had with her. Right. But overall, what did you think of what they were able to do with her in the movie? Was it something that took you out of the movie during that time? Was it something that you were completely okay with? No, I mean, I I remember from the original Zingness. Um, uh, review of the movie i know that me and eric kind of mentioned that she sometimes we could tell that they they had to use her in a very unique way because right. of the circumstances and i appreciate her being in there but at the same time it was weird so i just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that um no i mean it, it didn't it didn't take me out of it definitely not um i i thought it was sweet i mm. mean you know any anyone that has kids, you know, kind of understood what that, where that was going, that she, all she wanted to do was save her son, and she always believed that he was in there, you know, so her sacrificing the the rest of her force to give it to him to hopefully save him, I mean, I, I didn't have a, a problem with it, I'd rather her be in the movie than than not you, okay. you know what i'm saying like where they would have just taken her out completely and kind of rewrote some stuff to to change it so it didn't bother me but that's just my opinion and finally ray skywalker <gasps> uh, i don't know i told you i can't i can't make a definite um opinion about that yet i really do need to see that just to see if i really am okay with with i get where they're coming from i do um I just, I kind of want to see it some more to really see if I <laughs> am okay with it or not. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have any final questions for Ellie or final thing points you want to bring up? Uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, uh, to, to add to the, the Ray Skywalker thing. And okay. the, the reason why I liked it, uh, let me take that back. The reason why I love it is because <laughs> I, 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 I can't relate to the people that say that the rise of skywalker dismissed what what ryan johnson did i i really feel like jj abrams and chris terrio did a really good job of telling the story they wanted to tell but remain remaining true to what ryan johnson had put out there and to that point ray skywalker to me is the the ultimate sort of hat tip to what ryan johnson did in that pivotal moment when he when he when we get the re-explanation of the force and when he tells her you know when he explains to her what the force is and you know to say that the you know the force only lives in the jedi is is vanity and i think the end of the rise of skywalker and her with the force ghost looking on deciding that she's going to shove away her past and adopt that as her name and the way it's kind of portrayed throughout the film with that moment that sweet moment with the uh with the little alien kid on on uh, on Pisana. um 
I, I, I just, I love it. I mean, it gives me goosebumps every time I, every time I see it. I get why people don't like it, but I thought that that was a, a really nice way to take what Ryan Johnson did with the Last Jedi and, and put a, put a period on it in, in giving Ray an identity at the end of that movie. Agreed, Zach. Um, Sanger, oh, may, may I have two responses, please, to this? <laughs> uh, I, I don't care, Ellie. Are you are you able to make pork chops? Hmm? Okay. The first response I want I want to read from the book. The second one's oh, give you another audio clip I want Zanger to insert. This is this is I'm not sure if John even knows this. Okay. This is from the book, and I love this. This I wish they would have included this in the movie. She turned her back to the traitor woman, standing tall, she said, Ray Skywalker. Ah, the woman said, unsurprised. See you around? Question mark. And she hobbled <laughs> off without sharing her own name. That is literally the last page of the book. Perfect. The book, Ray, Car- I know John's not thrilled with the novelization, but even Ray Carson's like, this is stupid. Like, I- again, I have no problem with Ray Skywalker as a concept. No problem with it. Another instance of idea A, I love Ray Skywalker, execution F. And then to, to conclude that, and again, I love John. I respect John's opinions. And I know what is wrong. I know, no, no, he's not wrong. No, John. John can be again it's subjective. John can believe whatever he wants the same way I can believe whatever I want. And John respects that. We have mutual respect. Absolutely. Um, but, and I know John hates this, but I love it so much that it's actually the intro to Knights of Vader. I love the Raylo freak out of like I blanking hate Star Wars and the person recording going. Everybody is mad. I, I, I honestly don't think there's ever been a greater encapsulation of the Star Wars fan base at any given time than somebody in the middle of the ending of a movie yelling, I am mad, then someone's, I'm sorry, I hate Star Wars, and then another person going, oh, everybody's mad now. And I, I, I love it. I, you know what? I love Ray Skywalker, the execution of it in The Rise of Skywalker, just because it gave me probably one of my favorite moments ever as being a Star Wars fan. All right. I love it. So, um, to wrap up, thank you. um, Thank you, everyone, for joining us for one, the 200th episode of Zygnus. Two, to answer Ellie's deep, deep (laughs) questions about Star Wars that I refused to answer while she was watching. She kept asking me, I'm like, for the record, save it for the record, save it for the record. So I, I did my due diligence except for with Knights we of Ren. We can't ever just watch a movie anymore. You can. You're always like, just wait for, we'll, we'll talk about it one day. <laughs> well, we'll see when, when you finally watch Endgame, that will also be one. That'll be like, we'll discuss it in a record. If I can ever get through Iron Man 3 again, maybe. <laughs> so on that note, um, John, where can people find more from you on the internet? And do we have anything to look forward to from you soon? Yeah, uh, so mindnerdworld.net, uh, you can you can get the podcast, well, I haven't updated it lately, but um, you can get the podcast <laughs> and, the, uh, and the book information there, but uh, amazon.com, uh, search for John, J-O, and Justice, and Embark, you can find uh, the first two books in my, uh, in my science fiction space opera series, and yeah, uh, The Vanishing War is um, almost done, it should be, I was targeting <clears throat> uh, next Friday release, but it looks like probably <clears throat> the 29th. So okay. 29th, the uh, the ebook and the paperback should be available on uh, on Amazon. So if you haven't checked the books out yet, just go to Amazon.com and 
and, uh, and look for Embark and John Justice. Find me on Twitter, uh, at the My Nerd World or at John J-O-N Justice. Uh, thank you once again for being on. It was a pleasure to have you. Zach, where can people find more from you? Um, you can find me on Knights of Vader. As a Zen guest. Robbie. As a guest on Knights of Vader, on Cinema, on Cinemates is just a person, and I think that I think I think that's it. I think I guess I guess part of my wrap up. I want to ask: Did John know that I was going to be here? Or no, he no, I, I actually forgot to tell him. I was going to mention I was going to be like Zach's going to be here. Oh, okay. So I don't feel as blindsided now. Okay. Yeah, this I, is the weirdest intervention intervention ever. I I apologize to both of you for not informing you each of that but i figured it would be funnier that way and you know what i think it was anyways you can find zingness where most podcast actually almost where you can find all podcasts you can also find zingness on twitter just search zingness uh zingness on facebook search zingness instagram at zingness and um thank you everyone for listening for 200 some episodes hopefully there's 200 more in us or many many more maybe by episode 400 maybe episode 300 no 300 will be the review of the of 300 maybe by episode 400 we'll finally have ellie's endgame review roundtable discussion maybe possibly but anyways thank you gentlemen for joining us and thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week on zing this to a fourth hand joint. I'm the spy.